ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. The journey to pregnancy and birth is not always easy. For many, there are losses and healing, as we discussed in episode 51 with Naoma Beckles. Then even with the best preparation and healing, we never know what birth will ask of us, right? It is that journey, both of a mother and a baby, and sometimes babies need a different path for their safety. My guest today has an amazing story. She calls it Cut Open, Wounded and Healed. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. Taylor O'Brien is a mother, amateur home chef, travel enthusiast, and a newly minted postpartum doula based on the border of Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. Following her experiences as a foster parent and her own postpartum journey, she founded the Ginger Goose, an antepartum and postpartum doula service to provide personalized care and support to families during the life transition. In her free time, Taylor enjoys cooking, visiting farmers markets, exploring local towns, and spending time with her family. Welcome, Taylor. I have to say your story broke open and touched my heart, brought me tears and so much inspiration and wisdom too. So I am really honored that you're here today to share your story. And for all those that are listening, you might want to grab a tissue too along the way, but know that there is so much wisdom in your story. So welcome. Thank you, Deborah. I'm so excited to be here. My story literally broke me open too. And I'm just really excited to share that with other people. Yeah, it's so important, right? There's so many aspects that we don't talk about in life from our losses to our joys and the process in between of healing and the lessons learned. So I know you have a lot to share. So can you take us to the point of finding out you were pregnant? And what was that like for you? Yeah. So growing up, I think I took the feminine connection that our world has for granted. I got to go to an all-girls school. I had two sisters at home. And I grew up with a flipped script of a working mom and a stay-at-home dad. And then when I got to college, I had this amazing circle of women around me. But it wasn't until my 20s that I realized I was really starting to miss that. When I got pregnant with my daughter, I was not expecting to be pregnant. I had taken a pregnancy test as part of my normal routine because I PCOS and I get irregular cycles. And so my doctors, after I miss so many periods, will go ahead and induce a period. When I say that I wasn't expecting, the things that were going on in December of 21, where my dad had just passed away, my husband and I had gone through multiple pregnancy losses. We had been foster parents, which comes with its own trauma for both the children, the families involved, and the foster parents. We had a failed adoption. 
So I just was right then thinking, I'm going to spend my energy right now on being the world's best aunt, biological and honorary. And maybe in a few months, we would start working on getting pregnant. The plan with my doctors were maybe in three or four months, we'll start talking about going back to fertility doctors. So I woke up that morning and I went to take the pregnancy test to just confirm for my doctor, hey, it's good for me to go ahead and induce a period. And I'm waiting for it to load. And it was a digital. And where I'm used to seeing the words not pregnant, there was only the word pregnant. And I was absolutely floored. I, I kept looking at it. Of course, I screamed for my husband and immediately start taking a second test. And in that moment, I just started sobbing. I was not happy because I was crying tears of horror and fear. I did what a lot of us do. And I called my mom immediately. And I just said to her, this is it. My marriage is going to end after two miscarriages, the failed adoption. I was just convinced we were not going to be able to come back from another loss, that my marriage was going to be over, that I as a person wasn't going to be able to come back from this loss, that I was just going to be kept in a case of grief. In her wisdom, she told me to just call my doctor and see what my labs say. And so I did so at 7 a.m. 20 minutes later, my phone starts ringing. And you have to understand that I have a sister who is a midwife. And not only is she a midwife, but she's a midwife at the practice I go to. So the first thing that I thought was, oh, something that sounds like fire truck. She must have been on call. She heard the voicemail. And now she knows I'm pregnant. And so this is one more person that when this baby dies, I'm going to have to tell that I just had another miscarriage. So instead of the normal pleasantries like a usual person would do and say, hello, I answered the phone with, I guess you know I'm pregnant. And she takes a moment and I can't even imagine the things rushing through her head. And she says to me, actually, I was just calling to talk to you about babysitting, but what? She registers everything I had said. And I just, in that moment was the first moment of a healing connection between my sister and I, I think. We'd gone through some rough patches. We didn't spend our teen years, our 20s, particularly close. We just had very different personalities and we weren't the kind of sisters that were staying up late and braiding hair. So fast forward to this moment, she was the person though that I ended up wanting beside me the entire time. From that first moment of knowing I was pregnant, and the care that she took care of me, of knowing my sister needs emotional care right now, we need to figure out what's going on with her body, to everything that happened the next few months in my daughter's birth, I'm very lucky and honored that I got to have her at my side. Oh, what an incredible moment, right? You just shared so many amazing nuggets, Taylor, that are just so powerful from your past and so much coming together with your sister and being a midwife, right? There's so many elements of healing and care coming in there. So what happened next? I really feel like she ushered me into motherhood from that first moment. I believe that there is a feminine connection that is just transcendent. From maternal love to the concept of best friends forever to if anyone has ever been in a women's bathroom at a bar at two in the morning, 
there is a unique way that women relate to each other and support each other. I swear those bar bathrooms are probably the best place for anyone's emotion or any support that you need. So I was raised Catholic and I'm still a practicing Catholic. And I compare it to what in my faith tradition we call the communion of saints. I believe that there is a communion of women. And in my pregnancy, my labor and my delivery, I knew that my sister was the only person I wanted by my side, even more than my husband. She was the person who had bore witness to the majority of my life in a way that my parents had it, in a way that my husband had it. Sisters just really know you in this intimate way because they know every secret of yours. They know every shame of yours. They know every embarrassment. They were there by your side for those middle school heartbreaks. They were there for all of that. So with that, she was a midwife and I knew she would be able to usher me through the medical process. She and I come from a family blessed over and over again by adoption. I don't think blood and genetics affect love, but there's something really unique about this sister is she is the person in the whole world that I am the most genetically related to. But she understands what our adoption meant for us because we were half adopted and our mom was adopted. And so Maddie really understood all that for me. She understood what our family journey meant, our bigger family, our family origin, and my little family with my husband. And having her witness the moment that our family really was blossomed and born was so important to me. So I was a scheduled induction because I am a diabetic and I had a history of blood clot. So I knew that I wanted to bring with me a few things from our house to ground me in the moment. So the first thing that I brought was a diffuser and it had the scent of my favorite hotel, which is my happy place, one of the um, hotels at Disney. And I brought a photo of my grandfather and I brought a playlist. Without needing me to go into detail to explain any of them, because she's my sister, she knew the why behind them and reflected that back to me in a, the most loving way. When she looked at the scent, she said, of course it would be a Disney hotel. Or when she was looking in my playlist, she was new. This is 90% Grey's Anatomy, isn't it, right now? And she knew that in certain moments of my labor process, the photo of my grandfather, she made sure that if it fell, it was getting hung up right away. She knew that was a photo he kept on his desk. And she knew that it was going to be a great visual focusing point for me. And just having to let I didn't need to explain it to made me feel so safe and so seen. My induction took a few days. It started on a Tuesday night. And over those next days of Tuesday night and Wednesday and Thursday, nothing ever progressed. I never even got to a centimeter. But while I'm doing all of this kind of mental work and physical, my body was doing some physical work, I got to sit back and see my sister in a really special way. And she stayed by my side. She acted very similar to a birth doula. But then I got to sit at this hospital and see the way that the nurses, the doctors, and other midwives were interacting with her when they came into the room. It was so clear how much they loved her professionally and as a person. It was like the small things she would know about each person, about their interests, their kids, their families, that showed me what an amazing provider she was and how special she was to the moms that she was working for in a professional setting. When my OB came in and the decision was being made that we were going to head for a C-section, she was the most perfect person I could have had by my side. She did this really, I don't know how to describe it other than an artful dance 
of sistering, creating moments for my husband and I and giving me space when I needed it. In particular, I remember my spinal block, which is not something I think most people have been thinking about with them C-section, that it's a fond moment. I had been taken into the room and my husband was back getting gowned up and I got to hold on to her as they were administering the spinal block and I put my head into the crunk of her neck. And in that moment, I breathed in. And when I breathed in, I was taking in the smell of her shampoo, of her laundry detergent, and just her natural smells. And in that moment, I felt like I was smelling home. I was mentally able to leave the OR. And when I left, I went to a table at my grandfather's pharmacy in Luncheonette. At this point, he had been deceased for about nine years. And I was just missing him something fierce that day. And in this moment of mental imagery, he took my hand and he said, she's got you. And then it was like a dream. I felt like I was being pulled back into the ER and I was there in my sister's arms. So the next thing that I really remember about that day is the playlist starting on the OR speakers. And as I was hearing it, it was just the most perfect playlist. It was mostly Grey's Anatomy songs because that's my favorite show. But I remember hearing the machines and I remember hearing laughter. And I just remember those moments that it was my sister was creating laughter, that she was just doing such a great job with my husband of really dealing with his nerves of me. Uh, she had just such a great rapport with the people that were in the room professionally that I could just focus mentally on what was about to happen to me. If you haven't had a C-section or a belly birth, the way I compare it is like when you learned in world civilization about the Vestal Virgins or a human sacrifice, because that's really what you are in that moment. You are laying down and you're laying back and you're being cut open and everything of you is being exposed as this light is being removed from you. And I don't know how the universe or who had it, but minutes after the surgery started, as Brandy Carlisle's story played, I got to hear the best sound. I got to hear my sister announce my daughter's arrival. And it's her voice that lives in my head. It's her voice cooing over my daughter's red hair. It's her voice telling me that my daughter's head is so round she must have been sitting in my rib cage. It's her voice telling me how chunky my nine-pound, nine-ounce little baby was when we were expecting to a little, little bit closer to a little under eight. So after that initial moment, the music on the playlist changes to the song, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You for Rod Stewart. And that was my grandfather and my song. He would croon it when I was a small child and we would dance to it together at events and weddings. And at his funeral, my mom slipped it into his funeral mass. It was in that song that my sister had mindfully and purposely switched that to, that I got to see my daughter for the first time. She had been the one to create that moment for me. She knew how much I needed it in that moment. And she knew how to make that moment perfect. My birth in that moment, I found so much healing. I found healing in my relationship with my sister. This was one of the first times in our lives that it wasn't about comparison. It wasn't about competition. It raised through sisterhood of you're helping me get to where I need to be. It was healing of a, if I would have had that adoption go through, 
if I would have had any of those pregnancies go through, this baby likely would not be here. This particular soul would not have been here. It was healing of a relationship with my body that I think anyone going through fertility struggles and pregnancy loss, we as women all of a sudden can become in contention with our body and start to hate our body, be mad at our body and feel like our body is failing. Mine didn't. I laid there and I offered my body up in a very real way, knowing the risk of surgeries, knowing the risk of childbirth in general. And I was willing to make that sacrifice for my daughter. And I just, I found that birth to be absolutely incredible. Oh, I have to say, I have tears again hearing it, having known it ahead, but now getting to hear how precious this was of a journey for you, for your daughter, for your husband, and the connection that you and your sister had in every way as your sister, as a midwife, and really helping to make your cesarean, and I love how you say belly birth too, to really be something incredibly memorable and I love too that you talked about bringing in those items and obviously your music became such a key part of it. I know for people listening, they're probably, I said you might need that tissue, right? You're having those tears, but you truly found like beauty and honored yourself in a cesarean birth. And for someone that's listening, your story itself has inspiration. But is there anything else you would say to them? Because we never know when a cesarean is needed, right? It can be such, as you said, something you give for the safety of your daughter. It's a full opening to life. What else might you say to them? Or what else did you do to help to feel safe in that moment and open and honor yourself? So I think one of the things that I learned from my sister is that there's a pregnancy plan and there's pregnancy preferences. And so really trying to get off that plan mindset and go with preferences and say, I cannot control how what is about to happen. I do not have control mentally fully. I don't physically have full control. What are some of the ways that I can make this almost like a ritual for myself? So for me, personally, mine was about the people that I feel felt and needed connection to. I needed the womanly connection of my sister. That was very important to me to have something that I think is transcendent of culture and of religion and of location, that feminine connection of birth. I also needed that connection with someone who wasn't earth side, who I mentally go inward to and I still connect with because I needed that person. That was my person I needed there. And I needed to honor myself with things like my music. It wasn't something trying to be like, oh, what is the most powerful songs for my child to be born for to? Even though I feel like Brady Carlisle's The Story really is the perfect song. But it was more, I love that. And in this moment, I'm becoming a mom. I need to be able to still have parts of myself. I love the smell of that hotel. That's going to make me happy. And so I need to take care of myself in that moment. And that's what I would recommend. The other thing is that when you are lying there, I encourage moms to reflect on their transformative power. 
Because whether your birth is a belly birth, whether you give birth vaginally, even if you're using a surrogate or adoption, there is something about birth and family creation that is transformative and uniquely feminine. In the way that before my daughter came out of my belly, I wasn't a mother yet in the same way. My husband was not yet a father. My sister, she had nieces on her other side, but she wasn't an aunt. I took everyone. I took my in-laws. I made them grandparents. In a way, yes, my husband did it. But in that moment, I am the one that got her to be my mother-in-law to be able to say, I am a granddaughter. And I, I did that. And my body did this. My body that I was living with thinking that my body could only have death in it. My body had life. My body had transformative life. And I just think spending that moment really being set, because it, it can be, if you don't know what a C-section entails, it could be overwhelming because you don't have mobility of your arms often because you're on a table. In order for there to be anesthetic, you're not having mobility of your legs and your lower half. You can't sit up and see your baby. You are really submitting. So I think mentally being okay with that and finding ways though to honor what you're doing is really important in those births. So beautifully said, Taylor. And all these elements of like transformation for you and being the person with your husband too that transformed all these other people. For me, that's orgasmic, right? People get take it wrong all the time when they hear orgasmic birth, but your birth for me is orgasmic in that you took the power back. You really allowed yourself to open on every way. And the transformation that you all experienced is incredible. So I just have to ask, like, how does your sister feel today? If your sister was here to talk about your birth, how do you feel it changed her? Because it changed your relationship with her. Oh, my sister and my is in love with my daughter. The love that my sister has for her. There's a big joke that my sister always says to me, all she wanted was a redheaded baby. And so my daughter is her secret redheaded baby. She's my daughter's mother. And she, as soon as she enters a room with my daughter's there, she is the first person whose arms she's in. And it's been really incredible. She's gotten to watch so many births and be part of so many births in the midwife. But I like to think that mine has a special place in her heart more than the others because it was her niece. I think there was just something, my daughter's birth was just healing for a lot of people. My mom had a stillborn before I was born and my daughter looks just like him. And the bright red hair. And so when my sister was the one calling my mom to tell her that, like the healing that my mom found in that and seeing my daughter and she was my sister to got to have this really great experience. She really shepherded all of us through. She shepherded my mom through it, being there for my mom. That probably was hard for my mom and mother-in-law to be like, hey, we're not going to be the ones in the room. But they trusted her and they knew that she would have taken care of me. She would have taken care of the baby. That's just and, and another thing that would encourage everyone, having a birth doula, having someone in the room that mentally knows what's going on and can just know to watch out for the other things. If there was something concerning, I know she would have said, let's take a minute and think about this. 
I know that she was going to be someone who was going to be a really good sounding board for me when I was being told by the doctor, we can try another day of the induction or you can do an elective C-section. Mentally, I knew an elective C-section was going to be much better for me than it would have been having an emergency section or have something start to look like it was going bad. So I, I recommend a birth doula, someone from that world, someone who you trust being there with you. Great advice. I, I love doulas. And you were blessed to have a sister that could be that role as a midwife and a doula, but always open up. And I have to ask, how is your husband? What was his journey like in this process? And how is he feeling about the birth? So my husband was a bundle of nerves. I believe the first thing he ever said to his daughter was a dad joke about her being a ginger. So that was funny. He is an amazing dad. Absolutely amazing. Uh, he, I think the she's 11 months now and I probably got up a dozen nights. He got up every other night with her. He's also very honest about what father has been like. He struggled himself with a little bit of postpartum depression after our daughter was born. He really went through trying to figure out what his identity was. Could it be anything being more than a dad and a father? And he's to this day, it's still a work in progress for him. Uh, he loves our birth. He absolutely loves it. He's in love with her. She looks just like him. So I imagine that can't be hard. But he's a really great dad. Oh, thank you so much, Taylor, for sharing your incredible journey and taking it back. As I often say, like a lot of people don't think about when they're pregnant, that the way we go into that has a lot to do with what we're bringing in, right? Like what our past has been in our relationships and your story really brought in those powers of connection, that healing power. If there's one last thing you'd like to say to anyone listening who might be expecting, what would you say to them as they begin to embark on this journey for themselves? I would just say you are a person of so much beauty and so much just tradition and so much energy in the universe is just doing amazing things. If your faith tradition involves a higher power, God, or whoever you believe in is there doing these things in your life. And I just, I am there in spirit with you as another mother. I am encouraging you. You can do this. You really can do this. And the small sacrifices you're making now and the bigger ones you're going to make later are the most beautiful thing that you can give your child. You've said so much. I hope that everyone that's listening, please send us your comments, reach out to Taylor. And so Taylor, for those people that are blessed to live within your region and could get in touch with you as a doula, how can people reach you? So you can reach me at uh, my website, www.thegingergoose.com. We're on Instagram at the Ginger Goose, which that name came from that beautiful little girl that I had with her bright red hair. Her nickname is Goose. She is our little Ginger Goose. So with that name, anytime I do anything for work, I'm being taken back to those postpartum days to who I was in that. And then I'm also being reminded that everything I do, the reason I get up and work every day is for her. So it just really grounds me in motherhood. 
Oh, thank you so much. And for everyone, all those links will be in the show notes. So please, if you live in and say your regions again, your New Jersey. I am in an area that everyone who lives around Delaware knows. It is that part of Northern Delaware in 95, where Delaware, Maryland, and PA all kind of touch. So everywhere from about the main line of Pennsylvania, outside of Philly, down through Wilmington, down through Newark, and into Cecil County, Hartford County, and even parts of Baltimore County, Maryland. Thank you so much. I know that your care is touching many. So thank you again for sharing your story. And for all our listeners, thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Please rate us, like us. We really appreciate your help in sharing and letting other people know to join and listen in to hear all that's possible in birth and parenting. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Thank you.